So, Bruce, you've been talking a lot about your interest in uh, something called subtlectivism. Yes. Um, it feels like another piece of the puzzle, I guess, in making you know, the world the way it wants to be, the way we feel like it it can be. Um, kind of a, a complement to some of the concrete activism, the protesting, some of the other work. Um, and I, I, I mean, everyone in the in the field say that both are important. Um, yeah, yeah. So maybe there's something about um, uh, it defines itself as subtle in contrast to uh, something that's more concrete, more more visible, like demonstrations and things like that. Right, demonstration, letter writing, chaining yourself to an oil train. Um, all of which are also important. It's just, it's just kind of a way to say is another way to contribute that also feels important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, for example, it's interesting that on the 20th and 21st of September, I was in Washington, D.C. with Physicians for Social Responsibility at a climate teaching. And then we went to talk to our congressmen and senators, their staffers at least, um, about climate. And in Massachusetts, we have very, you know, earth-friendly politicians. They have a 94 to 97 percent scorecard from the League of Conservation Voters compared to Senator Murkowski in Alaska, who has a zero. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's the range. And so we were pretty excited about going there. And yet what I hear when I'm there was we're doing everything we can. There's other people in, um, you know, in Congress and in the Senate who are completely obstructionist, and we can't even, you know, hardly propose legislation. It won't even make it to the to the floor of the House if it says anything about climate change. So, while the direct action is important and the lobbying or the educating is important, it also feels like it's nice to find other ways to work with subtle resistance, subtle fear. Um, and I think all of it matters. And mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. personally feel drawn toward the kind of shared field aspects of working with the, um, <clears throat> I guess, the collective mindset. I, I found a definition here of subtle activism. I'll, I'll quote it. It's short. Um, subtle activism seeks to indirectly affect events in the social and political realm through exerting a non-local influence on the collective mindset of a community, nation, or entire human species. So, so, you know, I'm going to maybe extend it to the point of caricature a little bit, but, you know, the idea that the the wings of the butterfly uh, somewhere in Asia could affect, you know, the weather in America, so something fairly subtle, uh, you know, that actually can affect the whole in some way. Am I pushing a little too far, the caricature? No, I think that's a good example, or the 600,000 people in Sri Lanka that came together for this large peace meditation, or, you know, there are, um, 
is is one large scale event or small groups of people who come together to offer some form of collective attention to something going on in the world. Um, there are groups of people who get together to try to help the rivers clean themselves, actually. Some of Sandra Ingerman's work, shamanic work. Um, there's, there's a number of, it's, it's fascinating actually how many groups are there doing this kind of work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, so maybe part of what it is is uh, the opposite of willing of uh, of accepting the sense that uh, we're too few and too insignificant to be meaningful. Exactly, exactly. And it's like, um, I mean, I was surprised. Um, the Shift Network, which is a group of people who um, are trying to help facilitate the shift in human consciousness that they see happening, had a three-day subtle activism summit that was free, about 15 hours of um, events that's still available on a recording. And I was able to listen to and participate in about 12 hours of it. And I was amazed at the breadth and the depth of what is going on from a thousand Jews and Germans in a collective healing ritual in Germany um, to shamanic work on streams to, um, you know, collective almost like class fields in a, in a university classroom. It's, it, I was, I was very moved and really kind of mind blowing to see how much is actually happening um, that I was not aware of. Mm-hmm. So, so something that moves you. So just let's stay a little bit with that sense of being moved there and, uh, and explore it. Hmm. Part of what I, well, part of it has to do with a real sense of connectedness or a, what I guess almost multicellularity. It's like being a part of something larger um, rather than us being isolated individuals. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so what I'm hearing is that, you know, in a way it's not 10 billion people or, you know, untold millions of people who are gathering, but there's enough people in there that you don't feel alone and you feel connected worldwide to a bunch of kindred spirits. The kindred spirits, but also to something larger, also to a world soul, also to the spirit of something happening in some part of the world. So it's, um, there's both, I mean, some of this work is done privately, individually, but some of this is done collectively, and so you have both the sense of the collective small group and a sense of being part of some larger field, and often that can be experienced, and it it really is, in the true sense of the word, probably healing, meaning one feels themselves part of a larger wholeness. Yeah. Um, that was known to indigenous tribes, and we kind of lost temporarily for a couple hundred years in our, you know, Newtonian exploration of the magic of 
technology and disconnected thinking, which has brought us wonders, but we kind of got lost in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so that very powerful sense of being connected to something larger, to that spirit of the universe, spirit of the earth, um, and maybe just staying there. Do you want to explore what it feels like? Hmm. That's a hard one. Um, there's, it's a, I guess I'll say it this way. There's different levels of entering into that experience. So right now, being more distant from it, I feel like touching it is deep and thrilling. Like mm-hmm. in entering into something different. It's a different universe. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Being more in it when I'm doing some of these practices, and I do some, there's a number of practices that I do that offer these experiences. Being in it, it really is truly being in a different universe. Often the, the air almost, of the medium feels different. There's a different way of Great that we're actually processing. It's not the linear um, N1 gene, generally we call it, process model. You know, it's not the observer's environment. It's kind of an intimate, almost like feeling it from the inside and being part of it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, so a, you're, you're describing the sense of, uh, you know, the words you're using, the sense of entering, uh, you know, and, and that universe that you feel in from the inside. So there's almost a physicality of entering, of stepping into a different world or a different field. And it's not quite the shared field that we talk about in terms of, say, a group of people and there's a field that contains these three or four or five people, but something larger that has a... Yeah, a special quality to it. Yes, thank you. That's, yes. I'm seeing if there's more that I can say that's, um, I, I mean, it's, I guess if, if one were able to experience the consciousness of a baby inside their mother, right, there's not so separate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So let's stay with that image. It, it feels so beautiful. I don't want to to go quickly. So if one were able to experience the consciousness of a baby inside their mother, and the sense of they're not so separate, mm-hmm. but the consciousness of a baby inside their mother. And. I'm just going to open that a little bit and almost expanding it to being multiple beings inside or on the Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that being multiple beings inside or on Mother Earth. And feeling that, living that, which is kind of indigenous, right, first people's consciousness, this was their consciousness. This is how they moved through their, you know, their living and and being. Experiencing that shifts a whole lot of, 
I'm just going to say what I reference to, right? What's the center of my universe? It's it's me, but it's not just me. It's me as part of, which is a whole different me. So so what's happening is in in experiencing, in sensing this, um, you have a similar experience to that of the first people. And it connects you to the first people and like them, it connects you to a different frame of reference that's not an individual, but is being part of the people who are inside the womb of Mother Earth. Yes, and it's a different experience from theirs, I'm sure, because I have all my engineering technical minds, and I'm not as intimately connected to it as they are, but there's some realization of, oh, this is what it was like. I forgot this, or I didn't have this, or I, whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and there is some sense of of connectedness in a way through time and space, and a direct connectedness of oh, this is what it feels like to be not so separate, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not so separate yeah. in terms of, of course a sense of being connected to Mother Earth and to uh, the human community, and also not so separate in terms of being connected to the first people, the ancestors, and all the generations and generations before we became too separate and technical. Right, and sometimes that latter one is a, is, is a thinking connection, like sometimes I think, oh, this is what it was like for them, and rarely, but every once in a while I can feel Oh, this is what it's like. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a really human. This is, you know, this is like a lost developmental stage. I, you know, I, I you know, kind of a, yes, reconnecting yeah. to some fundamental. I, I guess I'm going to call it secure attachment in, in the deep way, right? Secure attachment to one's species lineage, secure attachment to the earth. I mean, that's a, those are very profound secure attachments. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. The, Secure, yeah. secure yeah. attachment to our whole human lineage. Yes, yes. You know, so the generations and generations and thousands and whatever, hundreds of thousands of generations before us, and kind of for a few generations it was lost and it's reconnecting, finding it again. Mm-hmm. And so there's the there's the personal healing piece of it, and I also. There's a sense of contributing. Um, I've probably mentioned this before, and it's, you know, there's good research on this, that when people make the intention to tune into each other, brainwaves and heart rhythms tend to cohere with each other. They become more in synchrony, and those who are more centered, grounded, more coherent to begin with, tend to bring the other person or other people into that higher level of coherence. So we actually tend to bring each other up rather than bringing each other down in that way. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. doing this also has a an effect on the larger field of raising the level of peace and coherence or, from another way, of bringing us more and more into our prefrontal cortex instead of back in our reptilian, you know, reactive brains, 
and just allows a lot more of the higher, more evolved qualities to manifest. So it's a wonderful personal experience. It feels good. It feels healing. It's in that way. And it also has a larger effect as well on um, local, certain, you know, and probably non-local, meaning at a distance, effects as well. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so that's the experience of entering a healing space. And um, there is a healing, of course, at the individual level of the group, uh, and that sense that uh, coherence and harmony trump chaos. So there is that, uh, you know, that benefit. And Mm -hmm. also the addition that by uh, launching that into the universe, it contributes to the healing of the universe as well. Right. And the the one other piece I want to mention, because this is where, in focusing, we don't talk about this much, but in almost everything else they do. <laughs> mm. And that's about intention. And like in those brainwave experiments with the coherence, when the people made an intention to connect, it happened. And when they didn't, the connection hardly ever happened, the coherence. And so it's just meditating, just connecting is itself offering something. But meditating or connecting with the intention of I want to connect with some larger space on the planet or is much more powerful than simply just, you know, what makes it subtle activism is that one's doing it with an intention to be of service and connect with some larger aspect of living and being rather than just a personal Experience. I hope that makes sense. So I'm going to try and uh, put it in my words because it seems like a nice way to conclude, in a way, this, this introduction to subtle activism, that a very important part of it is the intentionality um, and the intentionality of connecting to that something larger um, so that, uh, you know, the benefits of the crew at the Healing individually, healing the group, healing the world, um, derive from that intentional connection. Yes, yes, that, that's the other, that's the other piece of it, that our intention matters. We are a part of the larger body, right? But our intention matters, it, it, how we direct ourselves. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so, so what I'm hearing is, um, you know, that in a way, almost in, exact opposite to the relatively small numbers of people involved or, you know, in in traditional um, metrics, you know, if we compared subtle activism versus mass demonstrations and, you know, mass activism, um, it seems like it's relatively non, you know, doesn't have much of an effect compared to this. And at the same time, we're talking about this massive impact you know, certainly at the individual level, the level of the group, uh, that sense of empowerment that comes from applying the intentionality and of connecting with intentionality, of feeling it, having the inner experience of that connection, and uh, that sense, that experience of it actually going beyond the individual, the group level, and reaching something larger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that that's nicely said. Hmm. 
So we'll just stay there, see if there is something else for today, or we leave it at this. Um, I will give you the links um, to if people are interested in looking looking into some of uh, you know the these resources. Um, as I said, it's it's a um, expanding area with more and more people formally claiming themselves as subtle activists and offering things. And I, I think that those interested may find one of the many different processes may speak to them in some way. So, Great. Great. Well, thanks, Bruce. Thank you. This recording is part of the podcast at possfully.com. And with the intention of I want to connect with some larger space on the planet or is much more powerful than simply just, you know, what makes it subtle activism is that one's doing it with an intention to be of service and connect with some larger aspect of living and being rather than just a personal experience. I hope that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try and uh, put it in my words because it seems like a nice way to conclude in a way this, this introduction to subtle activism that a very important part of it is the intentionality um, and the intentionality of connecting to that something larger um, so that, uh, you know, the benefits that accrue at healing individually, healing the group, healing the world, um, derive from that intentional connection. Yes, yes, that, that's, the other, that's the other piece of it, that our intention matters. We are part of the larger body, right? But our intention matters, it, it, how we direct ourselves. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so, so what I'm hearing is, um, you know, that in a way, almost in exact opposite to the relatively small numbers of people involved or, you know, in, in traditional um, metrics, you know, if we compared subtle activism versus mass demonstrations and, you know, right. mass activism, um, it seems like it's relatively none, you know, doesn't have much of an effect compared to this. And at the same time, we're talking about this massive impact, you know, certainly at the individual level, the level of the group, uh, that sense of empowerment that comes from applying the intentionality and of connecting with intentionality, of feeling it, having the inner experience of that connection, and uh, that sense, that experience of it actually going beyond the individual, the group level, and reaching something larger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that that's nicely said. Hmm. So we'll just stay there, see if there is something else for today, or we leave it at this. Um, I will give you the links um, to if people are interested in looking looking into some of uh, you know the these resources. Um, as I said, it's it's a um, expanding area with more and more people formally claiming themselves as subtle activists and offering things. And I, I think that those interested may find one of the many different processes may speak to them in some way. So, Great. 
Great. Well, thanks, Bruce. Thank you. This is part of the Active Pause podcast at activepause.com.